You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Hello, South Bay Church. This is David Bruce, and I am so glad to be with you here today. Well, Happy New Year. Uh, We survived 2020, but 2020 was quite a year. Uh, And I want to talk about some things today that I hope will really equip you, uh, not just to recover from 2020, but really to have an incredible, thriving year ahead. You know, some people have called 2020 a global mass trauma. Now, that's a pretty heavy term to start a message with, but let let me explain why I'm talking about that. Uh, First of all, let's define what trauma is. Trauma is a sudden exposure to a painful or overwhelming event while simultaneously being unable to protect oneself from such an event. Now, that's the definition of trauma, and by that definition, we all experienced this in 2020 because suddenly, without any anticipation, we were exposed to a global pandemic. Almost every aspect of our lives was changed or affected or lost because of this pandemic. And this obviously has a clear impact on many, many things in our life. But we are still called to be resilient spiritual people. And with the Holy Spirit, we have the ability uh, to go through incredible things and actually grow and become more than we were before these difficulties that we've been through. So let's talk about this today. Uh, This verse in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Now, when I read this, it's kind of hard sometimes because I'm going, you know, wait a minute. Now, I appreciate this call for peace, but don't you understand the circumstances that I'm going through? Things are not easy, and I've lost normal, and I'm trying to get back to normal, and I can't, and I can't stop wearing that mask all the time. I get it, but this is often because we really don't have a clear understanding of the word peace the way it was originally intended when we read the New Testament. The, the, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Now in the West, when we hear peace, we are, have very simple ideas about peace. It just means there's no problems, there's no war, there's no conflicts, and everything's great. In fact, things are kind of boring. That's what we think of in the Western way. But in the original times of the New Testament, when people heard the word shalom, it meant something very different. It meant that shalom is an understanding that everything is falling into place, or everything is becoming complete. It may not be ideal. It may be a little scattered right now. It may not even be what I like right now, but I believe shalom, that everything will be complete because of my trust in God. One of my other favorite passages is James 1, 2, 3, 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Yes, including a pandemic. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I really like the end of that passage. You know, I, I'm constantly trying to grow and being more mature and more complete. And that may be something I'm probably going to be working on the rest of my life. But in this text, there is a way, there is a formula here that shows us how to get to being mature and complete. And the first thing I want to look at is this very tricky word, joy. Uh, it was one of the first words that I just that jarred me when I read this passage the first time. But there's actually a group of people that I really have fallen in love with in the last few years. They are neurotheologians. These are guys that study the Bible, and they study the brain, and they discover how the Bible and Scripture ties in so perfectly with how our brains have actually been created. And when you talk to a neurotheologian, they define joy in a very different way than we normally think about it. Joy is the emotional response to being really, really special to someone, or the emotional response to being really loved by someone. Now, when you look at joy this way, this brings a lot of clarity to this passage. It means that no matter what's going on, even if things are going hard and it's challenging, or I don't know when this difficulty is going to end, if I can still hold on to the fact that no matter what, I'm still really special to God. And, and I'm really special to a handful of people that really know and love me. That, that it, it, it provides that sense of hope and it sustains us so that we can face trials of many kinds. Some of my favorite neurotheologians said this, the most important predictor of a group's emotional health is its ability to return to joy from upsetting emotions. Now, it turns out that that is true as well for you and for me. It's not just true about groups. So think about that. Whenever you get into it, a really upset emotion, notice that when you're able to get back to just a place of joy, and I don't mean artificially, but like just really to calm yourself down and get back into that good spot, I call that maturity. When I sulk and ruminate on what I don't like and just grumble and complain, guess what? I'm not acting really mature, and I'm definitely not getting closer to being complete. But this is a very interesting skill that we can learn as individuals and we can share as a community because we have gone through many upsetting events in 2020, and we will always in life go through upsetting things. But with the Holy Spirit, we can return to joy and remain in that place of being special and loved no matter what circumstances we're facing. It turns out that in our brains, there is a particular area, uh, they call it relational circuitry. And really, it's the part of the brain that's in charge of connection. And when that part of our brain is alive and well and it's fully on, what happens is our relationships remain more important and more influential than our problems. Have you ever had those days when all your problems are bigger than your friends or bigger than your relationship with God and just your life is your problems? Well, that is when your relational circuitry is off. It's when you're not going to be connected very well to yourself, to others, or even to God at times because you're just letting the problems overwhelm you. So it turns out that this connection level or connection range of the brain actually has a range of high and low 
energy levels. And it turns out when you are in that connected state, the high energy level we would call joy. You know, when you're, you're feeling that energy of just being loved, being special, uh, being significant to someone, or understanding how loved you are by God. And then the low energy side of that connection state is what we would call shalom or peace. It means, you know what, I'm calm, I'm relaxed, everything's cool, everything will turn out right all right. You know, I don't necessarily like everything going on around, but I'm going to get through this with God, or, or me and my friends will get through this. So there, there's that connection range, that when we are in that range, we are doing well. And I believe God has wired us to be connected. He has created us to be relational with Him and with one another. And we can. there's things we can do to stay in that connection range. Now, guess what? Have you ever noticed that sometimes you get pulled into a feeling or a really upsetting feeling where you don't feel connected very much at all? And when you're in those high energy states, you experience emotions like being really angry or very, very worried and stressed out. That is when there's a lot of energy, a lot of activity level going on in the brain, but you're sacrificing or you're losing connection, connection to self, connection to others, or even connection with God. And then there's also these very low energy states, these other emotions that can also take us out of connection, like being really, really bored or, or feeling lonely and tired or just kind of feeling fatigued, depressed. Those are energy levels in the brain that are very, very low and we're no longer connected. But we have been made for connection. Now, let me say this. As a mental health provider, I work as a therapist and also as a minister. But as a therapist, I do understand that sometimes some of these high and low energy states, like being really, really angry and not being able to get out of it, or being really low and not getting out of, you know, maybe being lonely or bored. You, when you try things and they don't work or they don't return you back into that good place of connection, that's probably when you want to have some curiosity about getting some additional help. Maybe talking to your general physician or practitioner or looking into therapy because this is really one of the great purposes and tools of therapy. It's to give you coping skills and, and ways of getting back into that state of connection. I love this quote. This is actually from a minister that lived in the early uh, 20th century. Joy is peace dancing, and peace is joy at rest. That is the sweet spot that God wants us to be in with him all the time. Romans 15 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not your own strength, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. This passage, it just so highlights what we're talking about here. God wants us to be complete in that connected state of peace, within peace and joy. That's his desire for us. You know, other things that we see when we're in that connection mode is we tend to be more open-minded. We tend to be more showing interest in things. Uh, we're more flexible and being able to look around obstacles and stuff like that. We're also more self-reflective rather than just being reactive to things. Yes, that's right. When you're being reactive to things, that is when your relational circuitry is off. 
it ain't on. <laughs> and things don't go well, if you've noticed, when you're very reactionary. It tends to have a negative effect on your relationships. The other interesting thing about your relational circuitry, when you are in that connected state, is we tend to have better access and more awareness of our senses. And I want to really emphasize this. You know, we live in a body that God has created, and I think our bodies are a miracle. I don't think they're just a heap of sin that we need to be mad at all the time. I think our bodies are amazing, and God has created senses for us to enjoy. Be fascinated by your senses. You know, go out sometimes and just gaze at something beautiful in creation. Or just gaze right now in your room right now. Look around. Just gaze at something delightful. Or, or listening, getting still and quiet enough just to listen to what does a breeze sound like? Or, you know, if I listen to just some beautiful music of late. I mean, just get into the senses and see how it helps you start feeling connected. But in this life, when we're too overwhelmed or too scattered by our problems and our circumstances, we're running so fast, we don't see, hear, feel, smell, taste much at all. God wants us connected. Now, I want to share with you a relational brain circuitry hack. It's actually kind of a prayer uh, strategy, but I think this is something to really consider that will really enhance your personal connection with God and then later your relational connection with others. So VCR, I know it's an extremely outdated term. If you do not know what a VCR is, please call your parents today. They will gladly inform you what a VCR is. But uh, this VCR is an acronym. First is validation. When you encounter a situation that you don't like or you don't understand or is disappointed or any kind of negative upsetting response, first validate. Go to God and validate and name the feeling that you are having. And one way to do that is to actually pause. And before you begin to pray to God, actually scan your body and notice what you physically feel in your body. So you just read a really ridiculous post on social media. You can't believe a knucklehead would ever write something like that. And you're just reacting. And now you have to pause and go, okay, wait a minute. I've got this warm feeling in my chest and kind of feel my heart beat a little bit. Okay, you know what, God? I think I'm angry. And then, then rate the intensity of that anger. You know, God, I'm feeling angry right now, maybe 8 out of 10. I can't believe they posted that. But just that pausing to validate what you are feeling and connecting with God with that feeling, it begins to regulate and balance your brain and return you to that state of connection. Then comfort. Go to a response with the value of you or others or just the relationships involved in this situation. So in other words, think about God's thoughts of you. Think about God's value of you or even God's value of that guy that posted that thing. You can't believe he posted. God loves that person. God made that person. So now, by the way, this is really, really important to understand because guess what? This VCR thing might seem a little silly, but guess what? When we don't do it, we have a lot of problems. When we don't stop to register what we're feeling, we skip validation. And in life, we go straight to comfort, which isn't really comfort. What we do is we 
fix ourselves because we don't like the way that we feel. So I'm really, really mad. And without even processing it, I go straight to, you know, lust to get a, to get freedom from that anger. Or I go to food or I go to alcohol. I go to something to fix what I feel in response to something. And guess what? Most of those fixes that we go to actually break down connection. Connection with ourselves, connection with God, and connection with each other. I want us to really be certain that we practice validation and comfort with God. And the third part, it really isn't a step, but it's a result. The R is repattern. What we do, when we do this on a regular basis with God, we literally develop neural pathways in our brains that strengthens the relational circuitry. It strengthens your ability to not only be connected, but stay connected when you face trials in the future. In other words, you build resilience in your brain by praying and connecting with God in this way. Now, here's an example from the Old Testament. Listen to this psalm. Tell me David's relational circuitry isn't completely on here. Oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety, for you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary safe beneath the shelter of your wings. David has totally got his VCR game on. He is, he is letting God know exactly what he's feeling. And he's describing the intensity of how he feels. But then he's also acknowledging, God, you have me. You love me. You, you value me. I, you know, he's got that joy going on, even though he's going through some overwhelming stuff. I mean, this is great neurotheology right here in the Bible. Now, I want to show you a list of some things that can help you understand when your connection circuitry is off, when it's not working. You want problems, people, and feelings to just go away. You don't want to deal. Or your mind is constantly focused on something negative or upsetting. You kind of ruminate on something negative. And by the way, this is a huge target for social media. This social media can get you hooked on so much upsetting stuff. Uh, it can start to shut down your connections. I determine the only acceptable response that someone can give. So in other words, I'm having issues, but I've, only, I've got this very rigid option, which makes it impossible for people to reconnect with me. I want to get away or fight or I just freeze and numb out. I prefer to handle problems on my own. I'm starting to isolate. People are a bother or they just get in the way. All these types of thoughts, and by the way, I'm guilty of every single one of them. When those are going on, don't be alerted. Just be informed that, you know what? My connection range is off. I need to get back into my range of connection. I got to get that relational circuitry back on. And here are some ways to do it. Here's some great questions to initiate. What am I able to learn from this new situation? Okay, asking yourself that kind of question. Now, what do we do? When we have difficulties, you know what we do? We go straight to our memory banks and remember, okay, how many other times have I had this exact kind of problem? 
We do that to each other. We do this to our kids. And we keep all these records of wrongs. No, 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 no. Keep that connection range alive and well. And just ask, what can I learn about this situation? Next, what is true about my identity separate from my circumstances? Okay, don't be defined by the circumstances around you. Be defined by God and how he defines you. No matter what's going on, I'm a son of God. No matter what's going on, I'm a good friend to a handful of people. No matter what's going on, I have a purpose and mission in life in life because of God. I mean, there's a lot about your identity that is true. Next, who are some people in my life that could understand my situation? Just thinking about people that might get you before you've even picked up the phone, can already start turning on that connection circuitry in your brain. And finally, how can I engage with God to get some VCR with him? And that's where Psalms is a perfect script. Just imitating or writing your own Psalms will get that validation going on with God and the true comfort with God. The God of comfort can work and deliver when we let him know what's going on. Okay, steps to turn on a relational circuitry. Uh, first of all, validate and comfort others just as you validate and comfort yourself. So as you practice validation and comfort in your time with God in your prayer life, guess what? That will start developing neural pathways that you can then apply to people around you. When people around you are going through difficulties, you can also validate and acknowledge what they're feeling or maybe relate to how much they're feeling that that feeling about a situation or reaction. And then you can also comfort them by articulating something of value about them or something true about their identity. Because just because their relational circuitry is off or their connections are off doesn't mean ours are off. We can stay on and stay connected and really support people. And next, use all your senses. Use all of your senses to stay connected in God's beauty, God's creation. Just let what God has made just delight you, inspire you, move you, and breathe. Take those slow, deep breaths and just figure out what's going on in my body, what am I feeling in this moment, in this situation, and get that VCR with God. I'm going to transition right now into communion. And uh, we would not have even the hope of connection without Jesus. And during this time, we're going to take a minute to just look at uh, the remar a remarkable passage, remarkable message that Jesus gave us in Matthew 11 when he said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I just see so clearly Jesus was always so connected. His brain was always in that connected state, which is what he invited us to. We're so weary and burdened because we're trying to fix our own problems, our own ways, and with our own solutions. And it's so exhausting. And what does he do? He says, you know what? Take down your yoke. You know, your yoke, my yoke, it's all about, you know, doing more and working harder and trying to fix more stuff. Just take my yoke. That yoke of gentleness 
and humility and allow me to connect with you. And as we are connected, your mind will begin learning how to deal with things the way that I deal with things. Man, it's so beautiful. It is so amazing, the, the relational connection that Jesus offers us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your son uh, who gave everything for us. Thank you that he came down to this world, uh, left the connection, the complete connection with you so that he could be like us and walk on this earth like we do and feel things like we feel and uh, deal with difficulties the way that we have to sometimes. And God, to have his example that is so perfect, that God in all the challenges that he faced, he was always connected with you. Even as they were putting nails in his wrist, even then his relational circuitry was so on. And he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Father, thank you so much for his life, his teaching, his example. And Father, thank you for his life that he gave for us so that we could have the gift of not only connection, but forgiveness to be fully connected to ourselves and who we are truly made to be by you. We love you, Father. Thank you for him again. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.